1: Program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. A broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under a separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satira Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is associated with Soteri Advisor Networks, LLC. It is time now for Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Indeed, it's time for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. We'd love to hear from you. And that number again, 855-767-3123. Good morning, Larry. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm just wonderful. It's always good to see you.
0: Yeah, it's always good to be seen too. <laughs> Here you well, go. I'm looking forward to today because we have been waiting fourteen months for this broadcast to happen. Fourteen months. Fourteen months. I'm very excited about that. First of all, I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on Sirius XM, Channel 131 Family Talk, as well as in the DC Baltimore area on wava yeah wava (laughs) 105.1 fm in dc baltimore you know it is saturday morning that means it is open mic saturday which no questions are barred at all whatever's on your mind this morning give us a ring whether it's the economy what the fed had to say this week Mm. what's going on in the stock markets your retirement plans insurance taxes mortgages the housing market Energy prices, whatever's on your mind today, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, yes, it was March 17th, 2022,
2: Hmm.
0: when interest rates were basically at zero and the Fed came out and said, we're going to start raising rates. Hmm. March 17th, 2022, they raised the rates a quarter point. Then over the next... Fourteen months, I'm sorry, over the next yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Fourteen months we had ten rate hikes going basically from zero to a quarter of a point all the way up to five to five and a quarter. Fed funds rate sits at five and a quarter right now. So we have had fourteen months of rate hikes, okay, ten of them during that fourteen months period of time. So March of, of uh twenty two through May of 23, we experienced those rate hikes, and then all of a sudden we got what we called a hawkish pause, where the Fed said, you know what, we're going to pause a little bit, we're just going to, but we're going to really come back in hard, okay, we're just going to take one month off, we're going to come back in hard, and then they gave us now a data pause, which is great news. This is what happened. The U.S. economy changed Wednesday of this past week. Hmm. It absolutely changed. Because now the markets, the economy has clarity of direction. The markets have really digested the fact that they firmly believe that the Fed is done. We are done, D-O-N-E, done raising rates at this particular point. You take a look at some of the Fed comments right now this past week. Jerome Powell said... Um, You know, after holding steady on Wednesday, the Fed acknowledged that tighter financial conditions are likely to weigh on economic activity, hiring and inflation. While 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 he said in his press conference, he suggested the Fed retained uh, will retain a tighter bias. Okay, which means we're going to hold rates steady for a while here as the market has interpreting that the rate hiking cycle is most likely peaked. We are done with this. Okay, House comments went on to further deliver uh, things saying that the supply side, the labor market, has improved uh, amid rising in both participation and immigration, which should help temper wage gains. In other words, not as much wage pressure. And the decline in long-term bonds started to come down. The The 10-year note earlier uh, this – well, earlier in, in October actually reached up and touched 5%. It closed out here at 4.5 just the other day. So it's down. So, so things have really changed at last Wednesday. You take a look at the market action Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. You know, last week I was talking a little bit about um, missing – Missing, I was bringing up what happens when you miss some of the best days in the market over the last twenty years. if you had missed just the ten best days in the market, your return would have been almost cut in half last twenty years the s and p this is uh, again from uh, uh december uh, from uh, december of uh, well, whatever it, it end ending December 2022. Boy. Got you Yeah, I know the I'm looking at all these stats here. <laughs> I'll just talk. Uh December 2022, you know, the last 20 years the S&P's up 9.8%, just around 10. If you miss the best 10 days over that period of time, mm. then your performance is cut almost in half at wow. 5.6%. Guess what the market did this week? The market was up this week 5.85%. Th- ah, there you go. So here's my point is what causes a market low? A market low is caused because there's no more sellers. When we run out of sellers, the market has dipped all the way down, and then the mark- buyers start coming back in, and the market starts to go back up again. Well, you know, we've been waiting for this news now since March of 2022, again – Ten rate hikes in 14 months period of time, and now in month 17 of this whole scenario, we're getting, most likely, we're done with the cycle. Shot the markets up this past week. Does that mean that we're just going to wave the all-clear flag? Absolutely not. We still have economic issues that we still have to work through, plus we also still have the unanswered question. Has the Fed gone far enough or too far? We don't know. We have yet to see the impact in the economy of all of these rate hikes. We're just really now starting to feel it and see it, enough that the Fed says we need to pause, all right? So let's wait and see how the data comes in over the next four or five months. Hopefully, they still remain on the sidelines. That will really tell us where we are. But at this particular point, monetary policy most likely has changed, which means we know the cost of capital in the economy, the markets. Okay, we have clarity of direction. People can model off of this. Now you can take a look at what happens. You know, usually when you take a look at 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 Fed rate hikes, all going all the way back to 1968, every time they started raising rates, how long until they made the first cut Mm. when they pivot? Right. Sometimes they 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 raise and then they pivot right away. Sometimes they don't. They let it sit for a while. Well, the median length of time is about seven months, and the average is just about eight months. So, if you take a look at that, what have I been saying all along? That somewhere, spring, early summer next year, we should start to see the Fed start to ease and cut mm-hmm. rates a little bit. That falls right in line with this, with the, with the historical chart. So now we could be in a scenario here if this plays out correctly. And here's the 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 goldilocks scenario right now of this okay that let's just assume for a moment that the fed has raised appropriately the economy can handle the level of of rates right now we could probably keep these rates the same and then probably summertime ish next year we could start to see rates come back down again wow okay really that's that's yeah that's the way this thing could play out now if the fed's too restrictive now They may have to come in earlier and ease if the economy slows too much, or if inflation on the flip side of this rears its ugly head again and starts to escalate up, they could come in and start tapping the brakes again by raising another quarter point or so. So
1: is this a trickle-down effect kind of a thing when it comes to gas prices and other transportation kinds of issues? So we're not seeing that move down very much. I mean, it's still way high right now. So,
0: Well, you take a look at, at gas prices over the last uh, week or so, they've come down, but that's a very short-term and very volatile scenario. But, yes, mm-hmm. one thing does, you know, one domino falls, and it, and it, it goes down the line, Chris, from that standpoint, okay? Gotcha. But, you know, very positive news right here. I was telling a client earlier this week, uh, I said, you know, I'm more optimistic, as I said, this was Thursday. I said, I'm more optimistic – uh, today, meaning Thursday this week, than I was Monday when I walked in the door, okay? <laughs> uh, because go. of everything that happened on Wednesday, which is good news. But again, we're not waving the all-clear flag by any means at all. Continue to dollar-cost average. Continue to make sure that what you own has has solid balance sheets, okay? Uh, this is still a time of volatility. It is still a time of waiting to get that big question answered, has the Fed gone too far or not far enough, Data will point that out over the coming months right now. But from from the standpoint right here, it looks like the markets are pretty happy with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still expect to see volatility up and down and up, you know, back and forth and things like that in, in, in the coming months. You know, so, so and, and there's still, when you take a look at the economic data out there, we're still seeing a lot of places talking about a slowdown because these interest rates are really starting to bite into the economy now starting to see a slowdown with acceleration you know toward toward the springtime and stuff like that. So good news for stocks, good news for consumers, uh, you know, and just keep it keep it rolling from that standpoint. It's This is the reason why you need to stay invested yeah. in the markets yeah. and not get in and out all the time. Uh, we've talked about that for decades on, on, on the show. So, hey, we're gonna take a quick break. Let's open up our phone lines, give us a call this morning. But before we do, I wanna make an announcement here. We've got a very special webinar coming up on November 30th. Yes, it's the actually the week after Thanksgiving, the Thursday after Thanksgiving. We're going to be doing a webinar again. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on the seminar button, and you'll see the webinar right there. There's no cost for this webinar, and it's going to be on economic indicators. We're going to try and show you how to read the economy. A lot of good stuff there. Properly... And then we're going to take a look at a properly structured financial plan, and we're going to give you some tax tips, too, for the end of the year. So check out my website, com. Click on the seminar button, and you can go ahead and register there. We have two webinars live that day. From noon to 1 Eastern and then from 6 to 7 PM Eastern as well. So go check it out. There's no cost for it. Look forward to seeing you there. Meanwhile, give us a call this morning on this open mic Saturday with any questions that's on your mind. 855 Rose 123, Rose 123 or 855 767 3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. we are back in a moment with more Making Money Safe. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years.
3: You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show.
1: Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123. Is that phone number to call? That's 855-ROSE-123. Larry Rosenthal is here in studio with us, and we are back with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show. Hey, by the way, if you'd like to uh, scan that QR code, it's on your screen there, Larry.
0: Oh, wonderful! Yeah, for everybody who's watching the live stream here of the radio show on LarryRosenthal.tv, you can uh, scan the QR code and it takes you right to the webinar registration page there. So check us out on YouTube, follow us, and subscribe on YouTube, on LarryRosenthal.tv. Each week we sc- we st- dream excuse me do we, we scream too yeah. yep there you go so <laughs> cool. hey so you know we let, let's come up out of the weeds we talked a lot about the fed changing commentary possibly mm-hmm. most likely you know done raising rates so what does all that mean how does that affect you how does it affect stock prices and bond prices if we have reached the peak in rates rising now it's really important to take a look at what's inside your bond portfolio or your fixed income portfolio you know, some people have, have portfolios where they got maybe 70% equities, 30% bonds, or 80-20, or 90-10, or 60-40, whatever it may be, right? Let's talk real quick about what does this mean right now as far as your bonds go, your fixed income, you know? Remember, when when bonds, tr- traditional bonds, there's two types of bonds. There's There's interest rate-sensitive bonds, and then there's credit-sensitive bonds. Your traditionally purchased bonds are interest rate-sensitive bonds, like <coughs> excuse me, government bonds, corporate bonds, things like that. When interest rates go up on one side, the bond prices go down. That's last year. We saw devastation in, in the bond market. They were down double digits last year. Now what happens if the Fed comes in, let's say, in six or seven months and starts to lower interest rates? Those bonds could come flying back very well, depending on how much they lower, obviously, right? So so what types of bonds do you own right now? Are you are you on the interest rate sensitive time, your traditional corporate bonds, government bonds, things of that nature, or are you on the credit side where you have bank loan bonds, floating rate uh bonds and things of that na- nature, high yield bonds. Where are you right now in your bond portfolio? Today this, you know, this next month or so Please sit down and take a look and analyze where you are on your bonds because economic policy most likely has changed. You know, monetary policy most likely has changed at this point. That will definitely affect, going forward, your bond portfolios. Do an analysis. Do an audit. Where are you? What does this mean if the Fed pauses for several months and then lowers, pauses, and then raises? Where are you? How do you want to play this out? Okay? Um I, I, I have a packet, I have a kit that explains a lot of this stuff. If you want to get a copy of it, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email, I'll be more than happy to send it out to you or give us a call at eight five five Rose One Two Three. You know, I know a lot of people have <clears throat> have experienced a lot of losses in bonds last year. If you didn't properly move them, then you, you you took a big loss. You know, now what do you do with it? Okay. Where do you where do you where do you sit? during this period of pausing as far as bonds go so it's important to really take an audit look at these bonds because the bond prices go up and down based off of three things three things supply and demand for that bond the credit quality for that bond and the movement of interest rates that's what moves bonds up and down okay where are you and interest rate po- uh, policy has most likely changed at this particular point Let's go ahead and welcome Josephine on line from Virginia. Good morning, Josephine. How are you today? Are you there, Josephine? Are, are you with
1: us, Josephine? Well, she was there. We'll just have to put her back on I think hold. She's still there. Can you hear us? No. I just put her back on hold. I'll grab her and see if we can okay. get it working
0: out. So anyway, make 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 a long story short, take a look at where your bonds are and now how does this affect the equity pipe? Uh, side of your portfolio right you know now interest rates look like they're gonna pause what does that mean does that mean that we that we run out for longer duration stocks on on return on equity you know do we do we go take a a big chance on 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 uh, some of the startup type tech companies again what what does all that mean no you still need to stay diversified and balanced we're not out of the woods yet uh, make sure that you know what you own and you have good, solid corporate earnings coming into your portfolio. So, uh, very, you know, I just wanted to bring that to light right now because monetary policy has basically changed from that standpoint. Uh, ne- next thing I want to talk about today also is something that a lot of people overlook. A lot of financial advisors uh, tend to overlook this, and a lot of people, a lot of investors across the country tend to overlook this and how to how to go about doing this. But this subject came up this past week. I was speaking with a financial advisor in, in, in another state, talking to him about some some planning things and stuff like that. I said, no, you, you gotta break this down a little bit easier here. You know, <clears throat> what are the basics, what are the basic rules and needs for the ownership and the type of life insurance? Okay. Uh, you know, what when when you take a look at life insurance, you can unpack it from a income protection standpoint, a tax protection standpoint, um, a creation of wealth protection standpoint. But in the very basics, if you're looking to protect your income, you're going to need at a starting point a conversation of anywhere from five to ten times your income for the amount of insurance. Now, that's based off of your age of dependent children, the amount of debt that the family has, the percentage of household income you provide. And then the standard of living survivors need to maintain, okay? Then you can take a look at, 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 at debts or college funding, retirement funding, tax protection, and things of that nature. But it's important to understand the basic building blocks of life insurance on how much you need. We'll get into the different types in just a moment. Let's go ahead and bring Josephine back online. Good morning, Josephine. You there?
4: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: I'm well. How can I help you today?
4: Thank you for taking my question. Um, my son is getting married. I was, I'm in need of cash. So I was wondering, two questions. Is the money I have in the art gross producing any interest? And is it wise to get a couple of those out of there? There is no other way I can get cash because of my salary.
0: So um, there, there, there's a few things here. First of all, I'm not a big fan of borrowing against retirement dollars that's what it's there for okay but mm-hmm. the rules around a Roth IRA are the principal you can always pull out tax-free yeah even if mm-hmm. you're under fifty nine and a half it doesn't matter it's just the earnings on it that need to stay there for five years or to fifty nine and a half whichever is longer okay so those are the rules from that standpoint um... That's now fifty four okay so when you when you pull money out of the Roth you're not actually taking a loan on it you can't take a loan against an ira you're actually making a withdrawal so if you ever wanted to put mm-hmm. the money back in it would have to go in from the standpoint of a contribution which you may or may not be eligible to put in depending on your income and 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 how you save uh, in other areas as well uh and if if you wanted to take a look at this maybe a home equity loan might be the best avenue um the, okay. Uh, or possibly from your existing employer's plan. Uh, but, again, I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of of uh, borrowing from the markets, okay, because when the markets go up, you lose the opportunity cost on that. So I would take a look at, at home equity also there, okay? Got um, it. Okay. Yeah, okay. If you like, Josephine, okay. I, I'll be happy. We We can send you out our financial planning toolkit. That will give you a quick way that you can list out your your assets, liabilities, and we can have an advisor uh, reach out to you and sort of give you some other ideas and alternatives as far as finding some dollars for, for your son's wedding, okay?
2: That'd be great. Thank you so much
0: for yeah, it. I'll put you on a quick hold, and, and Josh will get some information from me, and we'll send that form out to you. Appreciate the phone call. If you're listening to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any questions at all on your mind today, we were talking a little bit about how do you program the amount of life insurance you need. I gave some stats on that, and now it takes a look at a couple different types the insurance industry, okay, <laughs> believe it or not, has done an amazing job over the years of confusing people on life insurance. They got, you know, this type of a product and that type of a product and there's <laughs> two categories basically, okay? There's permanent insurance or insurance that builds cash value or equity, and then there's term insurance. The 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 objective of term insurance is to buy a large amount of insurance for a small amount of money for a period of time. OK, you know, and and what a lot of people aren't aware about in the term insurance world. Now, you can go out and get a 30 year term policy Huh? where that price stays the same for the next 30 years. Well, you okay? want to get that
1: while you're young, now, don't you? Yeah.
0: Now, depending on your age, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not going to give us give it to a 70 year old. Right. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. OK. But but, you know, in 40s, 50s, things like that. You can go get get 20, 30 year term policies. Hmm. The other side of the coin is your permanent policies, and they have whole life, they have um, universal life, variable life, all different types of insurance policies that are available out there. So know what you're getting into that type of a policy. But 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 when you take a look at at programming your your life insurance needs, take a look at what you you're offered with your group insurance. Take a look at what you're offered, and and then supplement that with your own private and and personal. And remember, if you change employers you might have to change your group insurance it might go away might be more might be less or the employer if you stay there might change it on you so
1: isn't that something you got to remember too right when you're changing employment
0: if you got a 401k do you just leave it there or do you roll it what do you do well, that's a different question, Chris. When, when you leave your current employer, you know, you have choices. You can leave the money where it is. You can pull it out and pay tax and penalty, possibly. You can roll it to an IRA. You can convert it to a Roth. You can do, do different things with it. Yeah. Most of the time, it's advantageous for people to, to take a look at rolling it to their own IRA. Uh, most of the time, you can invest in mainly what's inside your old employer's plan, but oh, now you, know. you can have a little bit more control you have the ability maybe to get some different types of product vehicles uh different strategies that your employer may not offer from that standpoint and your employer may charge you some fees since you're not there anymore you know oh, i so, didn't know that that's yeah that's, so take take a look at all that kind of stuff wow. uh from that standpoint you know but but at the end of the day too this also goes to the bigger question you know and this is something that we see often are all of your investments and let's tie in your insurance programs today, too. We were talking about that earlier. Are they all pulling in the same direction for your goals? You know, we, we see this a lot. I, 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 again, I was speaking with this, with this uh, advisor in, in another state this, this past week. I was helping him out a little bit on some things. And I was explaining to him, you know, you're not looking at all of your client's assets to make sure that everything's pulling in the same direction for your client's goals and objectives. Your client has money over here and over there and with you and all that. And that's fine, okay? The client chooses to do that, but nobody's quarterbacking, making sure that it's all going in the right direction. Everybody's got their own little pile, but it's all invested in the same type of stuff, Mm -hmm. okay? So you're lacking diversification. You're lacking tax allocation strategies, product diversification as well. you got to coordinate all that, and that's where that goes into a financial plan, for, for So I was trying to explain to him, so you know, you want to look at, at quarterbacking all these things. And, and that's another thing, too. You know, again, I'm really big on whenever we have tax changes or monetary changes or fiscal changes in the economy or, or, you know, something spikes with energy or inflation or whatever it is. That's when you stop and you take a look at your holdings. And right now we are in that intersection of change with this pause from the Fed, okay? You know, we, we, we are right there. Look at everything. Do an analysis. Yeah, it's not quite the end of the year, but make it the end of the year and do a review. Check it out. Talk to your advisor. Understand what you own. What does it mean the the positions you've owned in your portfolio for the last 17 months may not be the correct ones that you need to own for the next eight or nine? Yeah okay we have a change a substantial change when the fed makes a a a a change on some things so now's a really good time to take a good look at it if you want to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit you can go to our website shoot us off an email give us a call 855-ROSE-123 be happy to send it out to you it'll sort of draw a line in the sand and give you an understanding of where you are now that we could do an analysis for you and make sure that everything's pulling in the right direction for you is, there, is the train leaving the station now I mean so you need to get on it or I, it? Hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know what no, I mean. No, right? I'm not I'm not there. I'm not saying that Chris. Okay, I'm okay. not saying that, okay. but it's uh, getting filled with fuel. How's that sound? Can <laughs> okay, get enough. Okay, it's getting filled with fuel. And uh you need to take a look at where your where your holdings are right now for sure. Mm-hmm. We were actually in our office this past week. We were getting ready to make some some changes. And based off of what the Fed said on Wednesday, we stopped. Mm. I said, nope, nope, pause this. Let's wait for a few days here and get some um, uh, assurance or whatever you want to call it. More information, I guess. Conviction on it. Yep, exactly. So so things have changed. So for the better, great news, fabulous news, absolutely. Mm. Hey, don't forget, check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our upcoming webinar on November 30th. November 30th. This is going to be the last one for the year. We usually do it the first week in December, but we pushed it up. uh, We pulled it forward a little bit to November 30th, Thursday, the Thursday following Thanksgiving. It's going to be on economic indicators. We're going to teach you how to read some of the more vital, more salient points in the economy so that you can see what's happening. Okay? Uh, and I just changed this around the other day based off of some of these things. So economic indicators, we're going to be taking a look at financial plan, how to how to uh, audit it, and make sure it's properly structured for yourself with the three phases of accumulation, then distribution, then legacy planning. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some tax planning strategies for year-end. So check it out at my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And for those of you that are watching on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, you can scan the QR code. We're going to be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. We're back with Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
3: the cdfi.org your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community go to thecdfi.org. make a difference go to the CDFI.org. now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show.
1: Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. I've got some lines available for you. I'd love to hear from you. 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Sure. So, so
0: want to mm. talk yeah i'm just all yes. tied this morning chris aren't i <laughs> it's, all, it's all good it's all <laughs> i figured what i was going to say anyway let's talk about something controversial how's that sound uh, you the come number on crunchers out there you never talk about anything controversial yeah let's talk about this a little bit for, for the number crunchers out there and the non-number crunchers out there mm-hmm. okay We've seen so many times over the years, you know, um um it, it used to be our parents or grandparents generation pay your house off no matter what you do, just get down the road, pay your house off, right? Mm-hmm. And people started looking at this going, "Wait a minute, people are living a lot longer now. Should I have a mortgage in retirement? Should I pay my home off for retirement? Should I have a small manageable mortgage in retirement? How does this play out? What does it look like?" Okay? Good well, questions. There's about 12 different ways – I'm sorry, there's nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home. And today I want to talk about four of them. Three of them I'm going to explain how to pay your home off sooner than the traditional 30-year mortgage. And one of them I'm going to say maybe not so fast. Take a look at this strategy as well. It can help you pay it off earlier if you choose or if not you can take advantage of more tax deductions and compound interest growth for yourself. So let's take a look at this. One way to pay your mortgage off if you've got a 30-year mortgage is refinance it into a 15-year mortgage, right? Pays it off earlier. Second way is to do what we call biweekly payments, where you take your, your, your monthly mortgage payment, you divide it by two, and you make a payment every two weeks, every other week. So essentially, you're making 26 payments a year. And now you're cramming 13 months of payments into a 12-month calendar year period of time. And the third way is just to keep adding more and more and more and more principal toward the payments so that you pay your home off earlier. Another way is to do what's called a mortgage endowment plan, a mortgage endowment strategy, I should say. Instead of taking that extra 13th month of payments or however ever extra you want to put into your mortgage and apply it towards principal each year, you simply put it into an account. Let's use a bank account as an example or a treasury bill, right, uh, or a bond fund or even a, a balanced mutual fund. As long as that investment, that sidecar investment or holding place or bank account is earning a positive rate of return... Now your money, instead of going into your mortgage, is growing at compound interest. Remember, mortgages are simple interest on declining balances. Simple interest on declining balances. And in most cases, you have a very handsome tax deduction. Whereas an investment on the other side is compound interest on appreciating sums. So think about this. If you were to take, and the math works out like this, uh, basically, thirty-year in mortgage. Instead of putting an extra payment into your home each month, if you did, you'd pay it off in about twenty-one, twenty-two years on the average. Depends on your interest rate, obviously. But if you took that extra payment and put it into the, a an investment that earned a reasonable returns, five, six percent or so, you're going to pay your home off earlier. But pulling those dollars out down the road, you pay it off earlier than the than the extra payment into your home. Now that presents some 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 interesting questions too what happens if if it you know let's say you're 18 you have enough money now to pay the home off and you're sitting there and you're looking at it and you're going well wait a minute here my mortgage relative to today's income and assets is very small 18 years later and now i've got this pile of investment dollars maybe you choose not to do it maybe you choose to do it it puts you in a position of strength of flexibility of decision capability based off of that time at your life um, you know versus now um, you know so so it's kind of interesting when you take a look at, at in a financial plan talking to people about what do you want to do with your home is this your forever home do you want it paid for so so I understand the math on all these and I have clients that are doing all different scenarios based off of what their goals and objectives are you know and and yes i'm a big fan of as very little debt as possible but in some con- in sometimes you know when you take a look at at managing being a good steward you know it, you you have to take a look at at how it works when it, when it comes to a mortgage and understand the math on all of this stuff too so hey let's welcome larry on from chesapeake virginia good morning larry how are you today
4: good morning sir how are you
0: i'm well how can i help you so-
4: so I have a question. Uh, I've been researching, seeing that there's so many advisors, such as the Stansberry, and and much more, that are talking about the global reserve currencies, and all the way back to the 1400s, that nobody has maintained the reserve currency uh, for more than 100, 120 years and then somebody else takes over. And there's so many advisors that are now saying that with the debt of the United States plus our policy on punishing com- our countries that don't do what we like, that they freeze their funds, that the world is getting irritated with America, and so they're looking at uh, switching to someone else, hence the BRICS and and all of the other things that are going on globally. So I would like your input because some of the advisors are saying sell your stocks, get into cash, Uh, uh, bonds are going to take a major hit. So there's like a gloom and doom out there, uh, and I would just like your input on that.
0: Sure, Larry. So most of the time when you hear the doom and gloom, fear stories and stuff, they, they say the answer is to put it into gold or in crypto and things like that, Okay. So we can go down that road we can go down the road of of world reserve currency as well. So so let's take a look at at what's the most popular solution for this which is cash and gold, right? So if if you sell your your assets and you put it into gold, you can't take a gold bar down to the store and buy groceries with it, right? You can't do it. You got to turn it back into cash because that's what they accept. As far as if if you uh we're to put – if, if the dollar loses its spot as the world's reserve currency, what does that mean? What does that mean for energy prices? Well, it means we probably start drilling here and and producing our own energy a little bit better. I'm not sure if, if wars break out over that, okay? Uh, but I, I do tell you this, though. I do agree from the standpoint of the debt that we have. Um, we need to get a control on this. OK, um, there, there are some numbers and, and I don't have the stats memorized, but I do know that the amount of revenue that comes in from taxes for, to the Treasury next year in order for that re- the, the, the revenue, usually it's like five or six percent of it goes to pay the interest on the debt. Now it's going to be substantially higher because interest rates are a lot higher. OK, this ebbs and flows along the way, but there will come a time. In the not-too-distant future where there's going to have to be a sitting president and Congress and say, you know, we're going to have to make some tough, tough choices. Choices are this, lower interest rates, cut programs, raise taxes, combination of all three of those. That's the only solution. Do we have the political backbone to do that? I don't know, okay? But we're going to need to at some point down the road. You take a look at, at uh, Japan – the history of japan back in the 80s and 90s japan led the world in in innovation technology things like that they got way too heavy in debt and they're still stagnant from that standpoint we took over the technological revolution you know and and innovation on, on the globe from 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 then till now but where's our debt we've got to manage our debt from that standpoint now will the us be unseated as the world's reserve currency i don't really think so when you look at what you were calling the BRICS, there um, there's some fundamental differences between free market uh, op- uh, capitalism and a free market society where you can actually own property and in other places where you can't, and you have the concern of state controls coming in on top of you. So I don't think a, half the world wants to be underneath a scenario like that. That's to be determined down the road, Larry, okay? But what is the answer? You know, where do you put your currency? Where do you, you know, if I I had a a conversation not too long ago with a client who said they wanted to move their money out of the dollar and into another currency. And I said, well, there's, you know, 100 and 150 of them out there to choose from. Which one do you want to put it in? You know, let's just say you put it into XYZ currency right now, but then next month you need to pay your utility bill. They're not taking it. you got to put it back into the greenback again. So we're all kind of in this boat together. All right. Nobody has an answer as to what the safe haven place is going to be, okay, or where it's going to be. It's a whole lot easier to digitize currency than it is to go backwards to the '70s and trade in gold. And if you take a look at a lot of these nations around here, they all have fiat currency like we do, and they're all running up deficits and debt as well. People are the only ones with money. So you know, from that standpoint, I would really, I would really, you know put it where it needs to be, which is what are we holding our faith on You know, is it the mighty dollar? Yeah, we need the dollar to provide food and pay our bills and health care and all that kind of stuff. Right. And to stay warm in the winter months. But at the same time, we need to have our faith in the Lord. OK, um, my
4: faith is definitely in the Lord. And he tells it. me to be a good steward with what he has provided me. And so that's that leads me to to you. Uh, and I also – Rob uh, Holtzcroft is my financial advisor with Rosenthal, so
0: oh good, uh,
4: he's probably well, he, going to say, why didn't you call me? But anyway. <laughs> nope. He's a great the, guy. Um, yeah,
0: he's a great, great yeah, advisor. We like Rob. So Rob. So my, 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 my,
4: my question then, Larry, I, I understand where you're coming from. What – from a historical standpoint, what would be the process as far as – you're not going to wake up one morning and say, oh, the dollar is no longer the reserve currency. Do you, Historically, do you know what that process was? Because when I look at a chart, it it has definite, um, you know, from 1450 to 1530, it was Portugal. Well, 1531, I mean, 1530, it actually switched to Spain. So it looked like a quick process that they switched the reserves. Do you know how much time we would have to – Make decisions on our money or would it be very rapid?
0: I don't know how much time we would have and I don't know if it necessarily would be very rapid. But I also know that the world economies were substantially different back then. The main thing here is, is oil, energy trading in in dollars, okay. That's the that's really the main thing right there, because it's still about energy. It's still about oil, okay, from from that standpoint. And I believe that we would put up a big fight for that, and so would a lot of other nations and And so I don't know what the process would be if it's quick or slow, okay? But I do know that that if it becomes evident of that standpoint, then we would find places to park dollars. But I don't believe it's going to be the answer of of cash or gold. you know if If you think about it, if if the dollar gets gets uh, dethroned, What value is your cash? You're going to have hyperinflation on things. So you might want to invest in things that go up during hyperinflation times rather than sit in cash, right? And then from gold historically is, is, is a hedge against inflation, although that scenario has been broken since 2008. We saw the financial crisis, all that money pump into the banking system, no inflation. COVID, we saw massive amounts of inflation. Yeah, gold went up a little bit. But when you go back and you take a look at analysis on gold over holding periods of time, gold is more of a trade in and out, in and out. But when you hold it over time, the returns are substantially weaker than most other asset classes. So we would have to take a look at what would happen if the dollar gets dethroned, hyperinflation, where do we put our money there, okay? Does it turn to a digitized currency? Whatever it is, we're going to have to keep up with that hyperinflation because that's what would happen. If your dollar buys less on the world stage, you have massive amounts of inflation. So that's the simple solution. Where it goes right now, to be determined. Okay, That's the way you look at it, Larry. If you put it in cash, okay. you're going to lose purchasing power. It won't work. All right,
4: sir. Thank you very much, and, and thanks for the program.
0: Yep, absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You know, and and just what Larry was saying. You know, we need to put our our faith and trust in the Lord, amen, right? Amen. He provides us everything. Psalms twenty four one. He owns everything, all the people, the earth, and everything in it, right? And we and, have a responsibility. That's correct, and he is correct that we need to be good stewards, not only with the assets that we have. But we need to be good stewards with our relationships mm-hmm. and everything that we have. We need to figure out how to use those assets and put them back into the Lord's kingdom to further the gospel message, saving grace of Jesus. That's what, that's what this is about, right? Okay, yeah, we, we have money, we have assets, but you break it down into two different scenarios. You've got man's economy on one side and God's economy on the other, yeah. right? Man's economy says, hey, get as many toys as you can. Enjoy it. Rack up the debt. Have fun. Don't worry about it. God's economy is just the opposite. God's economy is more of a giving, sharing economy, not putting trust and faith in things that are seen, but things that are unseen in the Lord, right? Let's think eternally on these scenarios. These are great witnessing opportunities when you have times of of, of trouble and uncertainty and things of that nature. We keep our faith, faith in the Lord, not the... Not not anybody, Amen, put, put it that way. You you know, it. So, you so I lo- I love the way he's thinking from from that standpoint. Hey, actually, well, we got to take a quick break here. Don't forget to go check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com. dot com. Sign up for our upcoming webinar on November thirtieth. Two sessions. 12 to 1 Eastern, and then 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be uh, on leading economic indicators. So we want to try and share with you all some of the research that we look at and how things work so you can see what's going on in the economy and the markets. And then we're going to uh, unpack a financial plan and give some tax tips. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We're back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
3: now with your questions 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 coast to coast from the nation's capital this is the Larry Rosenthal show
0: and here's another money minute with Larry Rosenthal we've all heard the more risk you get the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments however can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives.
3: You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show.
1: Welcome back to Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the phone number to call. That's
0: 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Yeah, let's bring David on from New York. Good morning, David. How are you today?
2: Good morning, Larry. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, I, I have a question see. here. Um, we had a large amount of money in our savings account over the last few years. So recently in May, we opened up two CDs at 4.5% for a 13-month term. Uh, then recent last week of this week, our local bank offered a savings account at 5% for a 12-month guarantee. Was that a smart move to take it out of our savings account? And we really didn't feel comfortable putting it back into the market
0: well did you did you yeah i mean it, there was no penalty to move it out of was it in a savings account first or a cd first
2: a savings account all all in a savings account
0: yeah no there's nothing wrong with that you know if you're if if this is bank money and it's allocated for, based off of your plan and objectives to stay in the bank safe conservative you know liquid that type of thing the only thing you did was take away a little liquidity by locking it into a cd but there's nothing wrong with doing that, especially if rates start to come down and you're sitting at a five percent CD, and then rates all of a sudden start coming down to, to four and three quarters, four and a half on CD offers in the future, you're going to be ahead of the curve. So when rates peak, that's the time when you want to go long in locking up your your, your CDs um, and, and bonds and things like that. because then as rates start to fall down, you're still sitting there at a higher per, uh, performance number. That's all. So I think it was a good move, David.
2: Well, according to my financial advisor, he was thinking that we should put it right back in the market because he thinks, you know, in the next six months it's going to go. But I, we thought that this was a guarantee for, you know, at least 12 months. We thought that was a smart move, and otherwise he didn't think it was to do that that way. So I, I think it was.
0: Well, David, now <laughs> that's a different question, okay? That's a different question. I, I prefaced this mm-hmm. with my answer when I said if this is bank type money, then that's a great move. But if this was money that once came out of the market and it's designed to go into the market for long term growth, then you know you you may want to have uh put a little bit back in because we're still below, you know, we're still ten, twelve percent below market highs. Do you see what I mean? So, so here's right. Your, no, here's, th- th-
2: this was liquid money in the account.
0: We were just
2: sitting in our savings account. It wasn't nothing to do in in the market itself. Oh well, then uh, so no, perfectly we fine. Th-
0: yeah. So think about this. Okay. You know, okay. I, I want I want you to have I want you to have money in the bank, three to six months of living expenses, in a in a place that we would call cash or cash equivalents, checking, savings, money markets, CDs, treasury bills. Okay. Those are cash and cash equivalents. Those are safe, guaranteed. They're not going anywhere, right? Okay. Uh Now, if you have too much money, excess money, let's suppose your your expenses are five grand a month. You got thirty grand between the bank and treasury bills in whatever CDs or whatever it may be, but you have a hundred grand sitting there. You've got too much money earning too little rates of return. Now you might want to take some of that excess dollars and put it in there. But if this is your bank money anyway, no, I'm perfectly fine with that because your bank money needs to be your bank money and your investment money needs to be your investment money. I want you to have money in the bank for a reserve. What happens if you go to the grocery store today and you get two flat tires rather than one? you got to spend money, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you need to have that. But But let me also tell you this, too. Aggregately, all of your dollars – the bank money, your other investments, and things like that, you need to be earning, you need to be pulling about an 8% rate of return long-term after taxes and inflation in order to net a 2% realized rate of return, okay? So you're getting that compound mm-hmm. interest growth ahead of taxes and inflation. And, and it sounds like to me, let's take a look at where all of your dollars are located to see exactly what you're, you're moving forward on your financial plan, and if you like, I'll send you out our, our toolkit, and, and that'll help you get started on all of that, to, to, to do an analysis on your investments as it applies towards your personal financial plan. Would you like that, David? Yes, thank you. All right, let me put you on hold. Josh will get your contact information, and then uh, we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. We've got other people on the line here. I'll stay in studio afterwards, but we are got to end the show here in about 25 seconds now. So. Uh, listen, go check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up on the seminar button right there, November 30th. We're gonna be doing leading economic indicators, financial plan, and tax strategies. So for Josh guesting uh, this afternoon or this morning, Josh. appreciate it. Yep. And Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with more Making Money.